0: Uh, For those who may not have heard it earlier, today is Laity Sunday. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, United Methodist Polity is set up in a a way that, uh, you know, it it definitely requires a lot of leaders to get something done in the church. You have a lay leader, you have a board of trustees, you have a SPRC committee, you have a finance committee, you have all of these things. And so Laity Sunday is at least the one Sunday out the year that we honor our laity. Let's give our laity a hand clap of praise not not only for those who, who got in front of the, the people and got on the microphone, but we have a, a plethora of people who help this church run day to day that you might not even know. Amen. Um, Amen. But they serve faithfully on these various committees in the United Methodist Men and United Methodist Women and SPRC and, and finance and everything. They, they serve faithfully on that. Uh, and so uh, we honor them and, and of course, they make my jobs oh so easy. Uh so I, I love that. And I love I love the, the laity of this church. Um, and so I say that to say that is traditionally on a laity Sunday uh there would be laity uh normally delivering the message. Doesn't have to be a, a certified lay speaker, anybody that's a leader in the church and if you Look around you. All are leaders in the church. Any anybody that is laity can give the message on uh, laity Sunday. Uh, That being said, I kind of got caught up doing something over the past month, and it slipped my mind. I don't know what I was doing for the past month. Um, But it's uh, it'll come to me. But it, it slipped my mind that this was Laity Sunday I- until whatever I was doing up until this week uh, hit me. And I don't really feel like you should ask somebody to preach on less than a week's notice if they don't do it for a living. You know? Uh, so just the FYI, I'm, I'm putting it out there now. Next, well, we're we going to have another July. Before we get there, y'all might not want me back. But if I'm, if I'm back, <laughs> if I'm back next July 1, when we get to October, uh, it, it won't be anybody with reverend in front of their name delivering the message on Laity Sunday. Amen. 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 Let us go before the Lord in prayer. A charge to keep I have, a God to glorify, a never dying soul to save and to fit it for the sky, to serve the present age my calling to fulfill. Oh, may it all my powers engage to do my master's will. Lord God, allow the words that I speak to be in your will. Allow the thoughts that I think to be in your will and the actions that I do to be in your will. And it be a seed that is planted in good soil. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 I find it interesting the way the lectionary passages seem to always work out. And uh, This week we have a, a, a passage about a wedding. And yesterday, I uh, officiated the wedding of one of my frat brothers, the one that actually pledged me. So I thought that was interesting to see that I would be talking about a wedding on a Sunday, the Saturday, uh, after the Saturday of actually officiating a wedding, And so for the time that is ours to share together, I wanna talk a little bit about an invite to a wedding. An invite to a wedding. Wedding dress, check. Tuxedos, check. Flowers, check. Caterer, check. Wedding cake, check. Preacher, check. DJ, check. Photographer, check, check, check. A documentary film crew that's ready to capture every second of the incredible day and edit edit it down to a 22-minute segment and air it on basic cable so that women everywhere can critique it and men everywhere with a remote can flip past it to go to ESPN. (laughs) Check. Uh, We have all these shows out right now. I propose say yes to the dress. Cake Boss. My Big Redneck Wedding platinum weddings, engaged and underage, these are a few of the wedding themed reality TV shows on right now. Uh, American television is obsessed with weddings, and why not? We spend about 70 billion, with a B, 70 billion on weddings annually. That's right, weddings aren't just no private thing where they're a family affair that suck up Saturday afternoons anymore. They're now the hottest setting of entertainment on television and getting some aspect of your big day featured on a small screen, be it the buying of a dress or the making of the cake or even the moment you chew out your maid of honor for forgetting that it's your day. Are arguably the ultimate accessory to 21st wedding experiences. We like to we like to advertise and show off the weddings. They've become a big production. I know for a fact they've become a big production because I was in audiovisual production before I became a pastor, and one of those things that we used to do was shoot and edding, uh, edit weddings. Uh, And we would actually have a bit of an aggravation factor that we would put into the price. Uh, when it was time to shoot and edit that wedding. I know you said you only need one camera, but I guarantee when we get to the wedding day, you're gonna ask for three more. I know you only wanted to pay for uh, two hours worth of shooting, but you didn't get started until an hour and a half late. Uh, So we add some of these things into it. And even if you shoot everything, they're gonna say you still forgot to get my Nana on this time during this part of the service. And so we would put in a price for the aggravation factor Whenever Pastor Simpson had to go and shoot a wedding and it actually got to the point where Pastor Simpson said, you know what, I don't want to do weddings no more. I'm going to just stick with church folk. That's a little bit easier. So there was this aggravation factor, but people wanted this stuff captured. You don't buy it, just just go and look about your 100 and so basic cable channels or your 500. You're guaranteed if you flip through long enough to stumble upon a number of wedding-related uh, uh, reality shows. I propose follows nervous boyfriends as they're about to plan the perfect way to pop the question. Uh, you got Say Yes to the Dress, which features brides-to-be trying on expensive gowns, and Cake Boss on the Learning Channel lets you admire the antics of an eccentric Italian family as they crank out extravagant wedding cakes, and I've seen some of these cakes. I, I don't understand how you can make a cake that looks like a fire truck or a cake that looks like a mansion. I, When I see cake, it's not going to be pretty because I'm going to eat it. But they have all of these ways that they make these fancy cakes. And then they have the super wealthy, if that's the little, uh, we have platinum weddings. If you go over to the Country Music Channel, there are less formal weddings. There's the My Big Redneck wedding. And there's even one for the kids. There was one called Engaged in Underage, which followed teens about to take the big plunge into marriage before they're even old enough to vote. Americans seem to be obsessed with all things wedding and basic cable is cashing in. Why is there so much buzz around brides and grooms? It's hard to say. I mean, maybe some people like to watch a good love story. Um, Some people just like to watch folk argue and you can get both of those if you watch a wedding. Some people can't ignore a pretty dress in a well-planned out event. Everybody likes weddings. Even Jesus liked weddings. Uh, One of the things that's in our wedding rubric in a service of Christian marriage in the United Methodist Hymnal and the United Methodist Book of Worship and the United Methodist Book of Worship, the pastor's pocket edition, all of them say in the rubric when it's time to perform a wedding that weddings are a momentous occasion and that even Jesus approved of a wedding because he graced the wedding with his presence at Cana of Galilee. Uh, When we talk about the first miracle or the first sign that Jesus performed, they talk about him being at a wedding when he turned the water into wine. And so we like that wedding and we talk about it and we move in these things when we talk about weddings. Uh, We take a look at the parable that was read in your hearing in Matthew 22. But in order to understand this wedding parable in Matthew 22, we need to go back to Matthew 21. That is why the first verse in Matthew 22 says Jesus answered and spoke to them again by saying Jesus was in the middle of a conversation when he brought up this discussion about a wedding and he says he Jesus is having his authority questioned. Here he is opening up blinded eyes, healing the sick, raising the dead, declaring the acceptable year of the Lord, setting the captives free, preaching the good news to the people. And there are some haters for lack of a better term that are sitting around questioning by what authority are you doing this? Who is this young buck coming around talking all of this stuff about the kingdom of God? Who is this young buck raising the dead? Who is this young buck healing the sick? Who is this young buck opening up blinded eyes? Who is this young buck that's running up into? to the church house, kicking over uh, tables and knocking the money changers up out of it. Who is this and by what authority do you do this? And so Jesus had to explain to them, I'm going to tell you just exactly by what authority I'm going to do this. But he made it real simple to them and he told these stories, these parables and these explanations so that they could get the picture. Uh, The first one he talks about in Matthew 21 is a parable about two sons. Uh, And the first son, the father says, I need some people to go work in the vineyard. The first son says, I'm going to do it, dad, and doesn't do anything. The second son says, I'm not going to do anything. But then he actually decides to, to be right and go and change his mind and go out and do the work that his father had told him to do. Jesus was comparing the sons in this, this parable to the chief priests and the elders, or the, the seasoned church folk. Uh, he, he was telling them uh, 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 that they, they, these people, they, they say they're going to do the work, but they don't actually do it. And so these seasoned church folks, and then you had the Jesus, and he wasn't hanging out with seasoned church folks. Uh, it's in the Bible, clear as day, but Jesus hung around tax collectors and women of the night. Don't get mad at me. That's in the Bible. He hung out with the least, the last, and the lost. He didn't hang out with the prestigious, educated people. He didn't hang out with those people that had the big houses and all them letters behind their names and had been in the church all their life. He wasn't out there just to save them. They were already in the church. He was out there to get the people who were not in the church. And so when he looked at those people and he compared them to the sons that said they was going to do the work of the father, but actually didn't. And then there were people who weren't in the right, that weren't in the right upbringing or weren't necessarily having the pedigree or the education of the family. And those were the people that came around and did the work. And he was comparing them of the two. And and, and these chief priests and elders were explicitly expressing their intent to obey. They could talk a good game. But they couldn't do a good game. Uh, They failed to act upon it. And the the second son represented these tax collectors and these other people. These people that weren't always the greatest. That weren't always the, the best picked and the best dressed and the most well spoken. These were these people that came out and they believed those people and repented. Jesus was telling, he pointed out that these chief priests, these elders, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, all of these people that had all these titles behind them, they said they would do something but would not actually follow through. Uh, We say we would like to be more productive. But when that snooze button on the alarm comes up, it looks oh so good and it's got to be touched just a few times Uh, we say that we want to start saving money but every time we get paid that money burns a hole in our pocket Uh, we say we want to be healthier but we got exercise clothes and running shoes that we bought in January that still got the tag on it Oh, I bet L.A. Fitness, 24-Hour Fitness, Planet Fitness, and the YMCA love some of those people like that. Because they taking that money out of your bank account every month, but they ain't seen hide nor hair of you in the gym. Ah, ah, we say. We want to do something. We say we want to grow as a church, but when some new people start showing up, not dressed the way we think they ought to be dressed, not singing the songs we think they ought to be singing, not acting the way we we think they ought to be acting, not coming from the family that we think they ought to be coming from. When we don't have the right kind of education or or don't have multiple generations in the church, we don't treat them right. Jesus was pointing out to these, these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these chief priests and these elders that he'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. And so he said that in this parable and and then he went from that parable and the light started to click on to some of the Pharisees that he was talking to, but he hit them with a second parable after that. And it was an adaptation of the Isaiah's vineyard allegory. It depicts God's steadfast loyalty as a caretaker of a vineyard in contrast with with Israel's incessant unfruitfulness. And, and, And that's in Matthew 21, about 33 through 41, but it goes all the way back to Isaiah 5. But once again Jesus associated the chief priests and the Pharisees with the, the parables villain. This time the vineyard had wicked servants, people that were put in charge by the owner of the vineyard to take care of it, but they did not. And he sent his servants to collect the produce. Y'all been working in the vineyard. It's time to show some fruit. You call yourself a gardener. Where is my garden? And so he sent his servants to collect the the produce. rather. And the chief priests and the elders, the servants, the people that was assigned to the vineyard, they went and they sent God, the owner of the vineyard, sent the servants down there to collect the produce and they got mistreated. Uh, the tenants act cruelly against the landowner 's servants, and they ultimately take the landowner 's son and, and, and they seize him and, and they throw him out and put his son of the owner of the vineyard to a wretched and miserable death, and, he, and, and they lease and, and when these things get done, the, the, hus- the, the owner of the, the vineyard puts those people out and puts in more honorable tenants. You had people that were assigned to take care of the owner's land. You had people that were assigned to produce some fruit on the owner's land and they did not do it. And so when the owner sent some servants down there to collect, they got treated bad. But the bad part about it or the good part, depending on which side you're on, is those who were sitting on the vineyard doing nothing got put out those who were sitting around not doing what the owner had told them to do ended up leaving and they got re- they got uh, replaced uh, as they were saying the adage one mucking don't stop no show just because you are in the vineyard, just because you are in the garden working don't mean you can stay in the vineyard and in the garden. Just because you got there or because you was born there or because you got a title in front of your name or you got some letters behind your name or you got some on you, you done got a little status, you done got a little bit of a position, it does not mean that you can stay there. Anybody can lose what they have. Yes. Yes. And then we get those two parables and then we get to the portion in your reading uh, that you heard. in Matthew 22, 1 through 14, and Jesus is talking about a wedding. He compares it to a wedding banquet. Uh, He invited some guests and the guests were not willing to come. The king sent all these servants out to tell them how wonderful the banquet was for them. There's a wedding going on, and I think you should be a part of it. We got all kind of good food. We got it at a good place. Everything's been planned out. This wonderful banquet is great, and these guests are invited. But those guests that that, that, uh, these people, that the the servants are sent out to invite, these these people are made fun of. They are mocked. Here are these people that they are trying to tell about this wedding banquet, but they get made fun of. And, and, and that's not all, because the servants that were mocked had it good. The servants that got made fun of and talked about had it good compared to what some of the other servants got for them. These people were met with contempt. Uh, some of them were killed for telling people that the king that they worked for had a great place for them to go. I'm going to say that again. You have some servants of the king out here telling these people that they are invited to a great place. And they get mocked. They get made fun of. They get killed. They get ridiculed. All of these things happen. And and, and so the king keeps inviting them. The king is patient with them. Uh, The text says that the king tells them again. The king sends servants out again. But this king is patient with them. He told the servants about it. He told the servants to tell the guests about it. Mind you, these servants were only doing what the king had told them to do. It was the king inviting these guests to the wedding. It was the king that was trying to tell these guests about all these things that they had in store for them at this wedding banquet. The servants were just doing what the king told them to do. And they got beat up for it. They got mocked for it. They got scorned for it. They got killed for it. I'm still in the Bible. Ah, these people are out here trying to help these guests out. And they are met with contempt. Well, if the ones that are invited don't want to come, the servants went out into the streets and invited the least, the last, and the lost. Those that were invited to the party were not worthy, so we went out and got someone else. They say, I said it before, I'll say it again. One monkey don't stop, no show. Just because you are in a place, just because you've been invited, don't think that if you are not invited or if you are invited and you don't come, that they're going to save your seat for you. The world will keep turning without us. The sun will come up without us. There is nobody in here that is going to stop the sun from rising. And so you had your opportunity to be invited to the party. What are you going to do with it? Ah, and so the wedding went on without those who were originally invited not being there. And the people that are in the wedding uh, don't always get to stay in the banquet. Ah, it says the king said to the servants, or no, he said to him when the king came in in verse 11 to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. The king said to him, the servants bind him and take him. Uh, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So just because you are in the building don't mean you are a part of the wedding party. Just because you come to church every Sunday, I mean, just because you come to the wedding, just because you come to the wedding don't mean that you're going to get to stay at the wedding. Uh, You can appear to be at the wedding. You can be at the wedding and talking like you really care for the bride and the groom, but don't care nothing about them. Uh, You can be a part of the wedding in name only. You can be sitting on one of the rows of the groom's side or the bride's side. You can be sitting there, but just because you are sitting there does not mean you are invited to the banquet. Ah. Uh, You're in there really faking being a guest in name only. And so, who's invited and who's not is a God thing. Uh, the king decided who needed to come and who didn't, not the people in the party. I say the king decided who got to go to the wedding banquet, not the people in the party. I say it before all the time you, I don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in, I'm in sales. Not quality control. And so I'm in sales and ultimately it's not up to me. The who gets to go to the party and who gets to stay in the party when they start coming is up to the king. Ah, and the guest disdain for the dress code displayed a lack of appreciation for the king. Just because you, you got invited to the party and less in, yes indeed you got invited and may not have been worthy. But once you get invited and you come to the party, there's still some rules you got to follow. Amen. I say there's still some rules you got to follow. Uh, shall grace abound? Certainly not. The God's grace covers us, but we still have some rules that we have to follow Is there comes a point in time where we got to move beyond just saying we love God and actually act like we love God. I've heard it said that if you love me, obey my commands. And so those who get invited and those who do not is up to God, is up to the king, not up to any individual person. Uh, But the good part is, is that there are people who never dreamed of attending this wedding banquet, being invited and getting a chance to attend those who didn't deserve it, those who would have normally not been on the list. We got to be grateful guests. We got to be inviting others. We got to stay out of unfruitful arguments and unnecessary details. We got to let God throw the party and not try to throw the party ourselves and look forward to the fact that there is a party. Because when I look back over my life, I can understand very clearly that I am nothing but filthy rags. I am but a sinner saved by grace. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't have to send his son to die for my sins, but he did. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. And because Christ died for our sins, we do not have to have death Hell and the grave. And so we have all of this wedding talk that Jesus is telling these people. And it's quite clear that when he's talking about it, that this wedding is clearly about the kingdom of God. And it's clearly about Jesus and Jesus being the groom at this wedding, and the bride of the groom being the church trying to get into a wedding. Partying, this is what we need to be a part of. If you slide on down to Revelation 19 and 7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready, and, it was, and to her it was granted and arrayed fine linen and bright, for the fine linen is righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, "Write." Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. So we got a wedding that we need to go to where the groom is the Jesus Christ and the bride is the church and we are going to get to this wedding because in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and he was born in Bethlehem in a manger with no room for an end and lived a life that none of us could live he took your sins and your sins and my sins and all of our sins to Calvary with him so that we could have access to this wedding and he died so that we could have access to this wedding but that is not how we the story ended he stayed dead Friday all day Friday all day Saturday but early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand and because he got up with all power in his hands we all can be invited to the wedding party all we got to do is r- RSVP how do you RSVP well you we can go on to John three sixteen, where it says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You can go to Romans 10 and 9 where it says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is how you RSVP to this wedding. The doors of the church are open and we invite you to come.